or sorry, that was the track San Iago from the album Always by the band Cave. Um, who, uh, if you liked that, then check out the album because it's a lot of that. I felt like I was watching a chase scene in an Ocean's Eleven movie. Yeah. So Which, with this album, you get a 40 minute and one second such chase scene. Delightful. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think they're on uh, Asthmatic Kitty. I could be wrong. Oh, anyway. Always yeah. a good, good sign. Yeah. What's the what's the story behind the, the naming of that out that uh, label? I don't know. I don't know, but I do know that I, you know, listen to a uh, sampler of, of music of, of people on that label who are like contemporaries of Sufjan, um, none of yeah. whom I'd listened to. And it was all so, so good. Oh, awesome. Like they have a lot of good Sufjan like folk artists. That's cool. Yeah, I know a lot of their artists, but. None that I would say like are Sufjan like. Maybe I'm wrong about this was an older. This was a much older. Like this was like in the early mid early to mid two thousands that I was listening to their roster of artists. Yeah. Um, oh, they have castanets on that label. I love castanets. Um, I never used those songs before. All right, I think I was wrong about Cave being on this label, but that's fine. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, Joe, we're going to talk about the Beatles' White Album today. Happy birthday to the Beatles, the album. It's, uh, when did it, what was the actual date it was released? I don't know, 1968. November of 19, it was in November 1968. Okay, so it really is 50 years. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, so one of the most popular songs, which is saying something, was, uh, the famous Obladi Oblada, later... The theme song to that that show, I guess. Um, anyway, uh, Joe, so you have indicated to me that you do not know the story of the recording of this song. I do not, uh, or I've forgotten it. First of all, do you like this song? Yes. Yes, I do. I do. I liked it a lot as a teenager getting into the Beatles. Now it is that, not in my upper, upper echelon of Beatles songs, but I okay. still like it. Well, that gives you something in common with Paul McCartney, who wrote it and sang it, mm. and something very much not in common with John Lennon and George Harrison, who fucking hated this song. It's <laughs> not surprising. Yeah. So <laughs> I just remember this showed up on Twitter a while ago, so we decided to talk about this album. I decided I had to, uh, I had to bring it up, and I'm, I'm delighted you did not know the story. Mm-hmm. But apparently, you know, it's like sort of just a, a peppy pop song. Um, Ska influence apparently is the idea, although I guess I could see that once I read it. Um, but uh, uh, they recorded it for like three straight days with Paul McCartney keep insisting they redo it uh, so that um, they could get the exact vibe he was looking for. And everybody eventually just like completely, they didn't like it to begin with. Paul John called it Paul's granny music shit, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is a pretty good insult. <laughs> Um, but then, highly accurate. Yeah. So, uh, they just kept retrying it, reworking it, uh, redoing it. It's, you know, late Beatles. They all hated each other anyway. By this point, um, you know, we were two years away from George Harrison sleeping with Ringo's wife. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, um, this is a quote from Richard Lush, an engineer on the recording. Yet another guy who should go by Dick. Um, and his, his quote was after days of it failing and them all hating the song, uh, John Lennon came into the studio 
Uh, he came into the session, quote, really stoned, totally out of it on something other. And he said, all right, we're going to do Obladi Oblada. He went straight to the piano and smashed the keys with an almighty amount of volume, twice the speed of how they'd done it before, and said, this is it. Come on. <laughs> he was really <laughs> aggravated. That was the version they ended up using. That's amazing. I just <laughs> love like like John Lennon so stoned that people noticed he was stoned, um, which uh, again is saying something, and just screaming about how much he hates the song while actually laying down the version that ended up being world famous. So uh, that's uh, that's amazing, and that's that's the story of most episodes of our podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we, we just get angry and angry about. It. Eventually, are so stoned that the right one comes out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes, and you don't stop. Cool like the best rapper, you don't stop. Another fucking hundred fucking dollar for the style for you and your mind. Come on, yeah, you can never define anything but divine love. I'm a savage beast, <laughs> slightly above average at least. Nah, preference is relative. My references consistently. Bring you to another vicinity I hit you with the riddles consistently Dead in the middle, a little triply Little did we know that we triggered a fissure In the metaphysical imagery Elegant painted in oil Love is a flower, see how Dissolving the power Is dissolving the hours as well The tower, a bell at the top of it A hawk, a pigeon, a dove A vision of love, an eagle, a falcon even The gold coin in the talon And welcome to Savage Beast I'm Joe Gallagher. With me, as always, the man with the golden eyeball. It's Paul McLeod. Oh, man, I have no idea what you're talking about with that one. Uh, uh, it is a lyric from uh, Frontier Psycho- Psychiatrist. Oh, I should know that then. The man with the golden eyeball. Fine. Even when you say it like that, I can't really remember it. That's funny. Um, sometimes a parrot talks. Anyway, um... <laughs> I I feel bad for missing that, and it was a good it was a good appellation, and I accept it. Um, yeah, it's good to be back, Joe. Recording. Yeah, it's been uh, uh, months and months. We've been out uh, in the field working on our solo projects. Um, <laughs> mine is a uh, history of the Orlando, Florida. Uh, folk punk scene uh mm-hmm. i've yet to find any of that history but i'm sure it's there <laughs> <laughs> mine is uh mine is a conceptual podcast uh composed entirely of field recordings um taken from the streets of tucson <laughs> it's, it's or you do a conceptual <laughs> podcast it's just field recordings of me searching for the folk punk history of <laughs> But like actual real time that. So it's just like you sitting in the car. We hear like Cardi B come on the radio. <laughs> Gabe is whining in the back. Uh, well, you can find these releases soon uh, on Asthmatic Kitty. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would love to be the first podcast assigned to an indie label. They've, they've hired comedians. I don't see why they couldn't hire us. Yeah, I agree. Um uh, there need to be more conceptual podcasts out there is my actual view. Absolutely. Um, people, 
people suffer through conceptual art in every other form. Why not in podcasts? Uh, the only one I know of is uh, whatever happened to Pizza McDonald's, which is. I mean, that's that's it is probably that there's an argument. It's the best podcast, the highest uh, <laughs> art of of podcast yet achieved. If you all haven't heard the many, many sponsors of the Whatever Happened to Pizza McDonald's podcast, I suggest you go find the episode where he gives them all their due. It's beautiful. Um, Paul, uh, we're here to talk about a few things. uh, But first off, we're talking about SoundCloud rap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so SoundCloud uh, rap is a popular form of music these days. Uh, SoundCloud is a, a distribution platform so popular that we use it um and uh uh together these two things have created basically their own little subculture uh known as soundcloud rap um, basically it's uh it's like um the cbgbs of rap except you know like you imagine all the good bands that played cbgbs but probably 98 percent of the music played there was awful um and and so so I have perceived it to be with SoundCloud, um, but I'm an open-minded man, and uh, I want to uh, give the youth their due. Um, I the SoundCloud rap phenomenon is largely like teenagers. It should be noted. Um, I want to give the youth their due. Certainly, they are um, respected enough to be. Uh, you know, there are dozens of these guys who get reviewed by major publications. And uh, many of them go on to be rich and famous and record with some of the biggest rappers in the world. Lil slash B. The biggest rappers in the world, Lil, sorry. Lil Peep was a SoundCloud rapper, correct? Yes, yes, yes he was. So um, although, uh, arguably, he belongs in the category of emo more than rap. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a case I would like to make, but probably just because I like rap more than I like emo, and I don't want Lil Peep in things I like. Um, R.I.P. Uh Anyway, um, so I went with, uh, I decided to just go through the SoundCloud rap top charts uh, where you can see the most popular songs uh, of the week um, and uh, just see if I could find what was good, what was noteworthy, what was worth preserving uh, amongst these songs. And so I tried uh, one of the most popular songs of the year on SoundCloud and indeed um, I, we mentioned it on the previous podcast, I think. Uh, Lil Baby and Gunna's Drip Too Hard. Mm. Um, so I'm going to play you a little sample for that, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know um, uh, how this song made me feel. Okay, I'm excited. I'm, uh, I'm gonna jump ahead. You can get the biggest Chanel back in the store if you want it. I gave them the drip, they set it up, I got them on it. I bought it with a good day. I feel like a child, I got boogers in the face. I'm a dancing in the dollar, this shit is a parade. I don't want your train, I'm going to want another slave. I had that draw that like too many, bitch, you get insane. So I took a private plane He puts a nigga like a wine Working on my aim Drip too hard Charge to the car Design it to the ground Like a balance by the name Drip too hard Caution on the floor You gon' fuck around and drown Try and ride a nigga away Drip too hard Don't stand too close You gon' fuck around and drown Off this way Doing all these shows I been on the road I don't care where I go Long as I get paid Bad little vibe She been on my mind Soon as I get back She can stay Do this all the time This ain't no surprise Every other night Another movie get made Okay. Oh shit. Let me turn that off. All right. That was a sample from uh, "Drip Too Hard" by Lil Baby and Gunna. Mm. Um, I'm gonna admit uh, the the 
guitar sample thing is pretty good. I liked it. Um, and the drums is the the beats as usual. The literal beat percussion parts are meh. That's how SoundCloud Rob goes. But you know, after um, going through several verses and choruses of uh, um, you know, uh, I would s- describe them as sort of randomly hodgepodge together uh, jokes and um, w- puns and wordplay. Uh, things like uh, <coughs> the back end just came in in all hundreds, vibes galore, cute chicks, they all on us. I got to the line eventually, uh, I feel like a child. I got boogers in the face. Um, yes, now, that one stood out to me. Now, you may not know a booger is uh, rap slang for a diamond. So that's what he's saying. Um, but, you know, I think it leaves a little, you know, uh, we, can, we can critique the uh, quality of the image uh, regardless of what this slang may be. And as I really pondered this line, Joe, uh, I began to... I be, my mind was called back to the tale of the Meuse River Valley in Belgium in the 1930s, when on December 1st, a fog descended across uh, much of the country, which was then one of the most, um, the most heavily industrialized areas of Europe and indeed the world. And this fog uh, lingered for five days, and in th- particular in this little narrow valley of the Meuse, um, people began to get sick. Uh, and... Um, you know, having shortness of breath, trouble breathing, coughing, um, and indeed their cows as well, on which they depended for their lives, also began to have these symptoms. And so they began to all lock themselves up in their homes, uh, sealing them wherever possible to keep the air out. Indeed, keeping their cows inside their houses for the same reason, uh, to protect them and their livelihood. I smell trouble. <laughs> and over the course of four days, Joe, 60 people died. Uh, in front of their loved ones, who were mm. all of them, you know, uh, gasping for air during this period, all because of, you know, man's inability to not destroy the environment he's in. And that's just where my mind goes as I think about that line from this song. Oh, see, I thought they were all going to die because if they were inside with their cows, that the cows, like, were going to, like, just methane up the place until they No, I don't know that being inside fart. worked and, or helped, but apparently that was not the problem. They Man, just... that's a shitty way to go. It's <laughs> really awful. I mean, shout out to, you know, people in California dying from <laughs> asphyxiation <laughs> these days. Uh, we haven't really solved the problem too well. Um, yeah, I think the rates are lower. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yes. Now, wait, now did that... that the, the lyric brought that to mind or the entire song the, the feeling of thinking about that lyric brought mm, that to mind. i see understand um yeah. paul i think what's disappointing about this selection and indeed all of soundcloud rap is how inoffensively bad it was um <laughs> it was seemed to just be like uh, whenever you um whenever you try and explore like popular hip-hop at the moment that has not been edited for any artistic quality you find just 30 interchangeable songs that sound just like this on a given playlist, um, you know, or that like you five do, when they, and you give up. So that you do, but I'm not going to give up Joe. I okay. want people to tune in next time and find out whether I have found the good SoundCloud rap. I want, and when we redo this segment, I want you to find the bad SoundCloud <laughs> rap. 
That's my request. Find good SoundCloud rap and also find some really bad SoundCloud rap. Joe, my hope is ever high. I will I will like SoundCloud rap before this is done. Trust me. Hmm. Well, uh, we'll at least decide which is the best of the Lils. <laughs> There's so many of them. We got Lil Pump, uh, Lil Zan. Lil Yachty. Lil Zan. Uh, I like that one. Yeah, Lil Zan. Uh, Lil Skies, apparently, mm-hmm. and Lil Wop. Hmm. Yep. I, I, we're missing dozens of them. Oh, um, yeah. Lil, so many Lils. Lil Baby is still the funniest one. <laughs> That's a good one. Lil, what would your. You'd be uh, Lil. Little pistol, um, you'd be little pistol. Okay, I see that. Yeah, um, you could be, li- be the the little engine that could. <laughs> Wait, why? Loco locomotive Joe. Ooh. That's that's all I got. <laughs> no, little loco would be good. That would be pretty good. I like that. Yeah, you could be you could be little Weezer. <laughs> that would be a hilarious rap. <laughs> Rivers, Rivers Cuomo, if he like started out today, would definitely have just been like an emo SoundCloud rapper. Like, yeah, that just fits his personality so well. Oh, there's there's no question he would be just recording shit in his bedroom, and uh, uh, he would have a lot of face tattoos. Yes, um, and uh, his brother Leaves would be his producer, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of lyrics about Japan. Yep, that wouldn't change. No. Um, okay, Joe, shall we get to our main topics of the day? Uh, we should, um, but will be. The answer is yes. Um, so, uh, Paul Tom York, um, you might know him as the lead singer of a band called Radiohead. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he released a, a new... Um, call it a hybrid of a solo album and a soundtrack um only because uh, or perhaps a a uh a soundtrack with a, a bit of a solo album hiding within um uh entitled suspiria mm-hmm. uh music for the luca guadagnino guadagnino film uh, mm-hmm. which is called suspirium um and oh i didn't uh, even realize they made that go on i see indeed yeah. yes um uh um and uh we have listened to said album and mm-hmm. we would like to discuss said album uh mm-hmm. paul what track from it uh would you like to play um, i'm gonna give you the choice of suspirium or unmade uh let's play a little bit of unmade okay Thank you. 
was unmade from Suspiria by Tom York. Um, yeah. Paul, um, my approach to Tom York's uh, solo career at this point uh, is one of, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, leniency. Um, I, uh, he has spent, um, uh, a solid, um, 30 years, uh, dedicating himself to helming, uh, what is, uh, my current favorite band in terms of music, if we're considering music being produced now, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just one of the, the best bands of my life, um, and, uh, as much as perhaps I approached his solo work, you know, like being like, wow, will this be another Radiohead album? Um, I realize that's an unfair burden to place upon him. Um, since I'm sure it's hard enough for him to create a, uh, amazing Radiohead album, uh, when he has the help of Radiohead, mm-hmm. um, to do so, uh, you know, in other words, that um, I've definitely come to appreciate um, a lot of what he does um, just in the context of Radiohead and in the context of learning more about my favorite artist. And um, and of course, um, him occasionally uh, really surprising and delighting me uh, with, you know, some some truly uh, spectacular stuff um, in there. I think um, this is probably if we count Adams for Peace. Uh, this is like his fourth ah, solo okay. album. Um, uh, so, uh, and uh, there's there's definitely been some some highlights along the way, and some very uh, also just uh, Tom 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 York <laughs> along. There's been some very intense Tom York experiences along the way. Yeah, that's what really stands out about his solo work is that. It's sort of like that um, characteristic core of Radiohead that, you know, sort of like moaning sadness and just being totally disconsolate. Um, it, it just like is totally unfiltered. So it's, uh, it's like it, Tom, his most emo in his bedroom is what you get when you're when there's nobody else involved, I feel like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you can really tell from... Um, you know, if you listen to it's like this and like then one of Johnny Greenwood's soundtracks, like Phantom Thread, if I, I listen to a couple tracks from that and it's like and you can just hear the things that they both bring. Um, yeah. Like what what kind of comes together to make the Radiohead sound. Absolutely. With Tommy, you're like or with J- Tommy, with Johnny, <laughs> you get um, you can totally see where all the sort of like soaring yet creepy uh, you know, beautiful yet disconcerting, uh, uh, you know, musical arrangements come from. Not all, but uh, the it is the threads clearly separate and then come back together within the band. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's no surprise that um, one of my favorite Tom York solo tracks is uh, the the Eraser from the album mm-hmm. the Same Name, um, which of course. Uh, includes a um, you know a piano uh, riff or series of riffs written and performed by uh, Mr. Greenwood himself, there you um, go. thus making it kind of a Radiohead song. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, f- it's a little bit difficult to talk about his solo work as a whole if we're using Suspiria as a peg, just because this being a soundtrack, it's pretty different from the Eraser, Tomorrow's Modern Boxes. Yes, and there's a lot less Nigel electronic <laughs> yeah. Uh, bleeping. Yeah, and there's also um, a lot of just, you know, sort of weird, like, incidental music or weird, you know, uh, shapeless textural things which um it's been a it's been a while since i tried to make myself think that listening to a soundtrack without the movie was interesting now that said there's plenty of good bits of music on here there are a few great songs particularly unmade and then suspirium yeah which i like unmade is a real good song (laughs) yeah it's got that classic tom york like this is really pretty and also i'm i'm crying uh thing going on um and but then the, and there's lots of other even some of the weird experiments are interesting but i feel like uh, you know because it's an 80 minute long uh you know soundtrack compilation i guess maybe you would call it um it just doesn't like go together i don't mind albums going in lots of different directions but it doesn't feel like this was like edited into a perfect whole or anything yeah i mean listening to uh, uh you know listening to it on my beautiful pink vinyl copy uh that i mm. got um, yeah the art for this rules yeah and it's it sounds great i mean you know there's there's that the the textures are there but um you know i i think that it's only cohesive in the sense that uh it's very like atmospheric and um provocative on the journey between the really good tom york EP <laughs> that's yeah. kind of that's uh, in here yeah um, and uh and that's okay I mean it's you know I again I the last you know the other times I've tried to listen, make myself listen to a soundtrack recently have been to listen to uh Johnny's soundtracks and they're they're good I enjoy yeah. it but um although he tends to benefit from um uh, soundtracking some of the greatest movies by the greatest directors of, of our times yes that is correct um and he also benefits that there's no expectation for him to also um like what i was talking about like make some form of radiohead album in there uh, yeah you know he's not he's not sitting there and, and singing with an acoustic guitar um although i'd be really interested to hear that yeah, as far as I know, the only Radiohead song he claims to have like written as a song, like you know, created the structure and and chords and everything, is uh, the Tourist. Yes. So yeah, and that that one doesn't feel unRadioheady. So no, there's a little. I mean, you can tell that there's some different vibe to it. Yeah, the vibe is all no. The you know, it's it's um um a, a different form of melancholy. Yeah, uh, but uh, yes. Um. Yeah, uh, well, I think, uh, you know, we played some of Unmade, and I mentioned Suspirium, which is sort of like Tom doing, like, one of Sufjan's piano songs, mm-hmm. which uh, I really liked. So um, yeah. those are it's in a, there. Any other tracks we're calling out it's from your waltz. perspective, Joe? Um, you know, I think that I, um, I, I foolishly didn't, like, kind of, well, because I was listening to the vinyl, I couldn't figure out which yeah, uh, which of the soundtracks. But there, some of them were worth listening to. Um, but I'll, what's gotten a lot of talk is uh, the 14-minute long A Choir of One. Um, yeah, 
there's some really beautiful instrumental yeah, parts scattered yeah. around the album and it's all worth listening to i mean i think that it does it's at least um uniquely tom at some yeah. places uh oh it absolutely yeah. yeah you know you know when you hear tom yes um and i think there's four songs that are actually him that are proper songs maybe maybe i'm making maybe i'm well there's also has ended which we haven't mentioned. yes and volk isn't that uh the fourth one or am i making I that up i can't remember anymore. anyway um uh we know what we're talking about <laughs> exactly um, uh let me look at the yes yeah you were you were right about a choir of one that's the one of the yeah open uh, again and um the universe has ended um also or the universe is indifferent also joe what is the best if you had to what is the best non-radiohead radiohead member created work of music like as an album length thing let's say well is there ed's solo album isn't out yet so <laughs> he is i'm actually kind of interested in that because it's going to be just lots of super weird guitar effects so um, either that or it's going to be like james e hots is like this is these are my terrible. acoustic like love songs this is what i got um you. james e hots uh solo albums are the worst music that i uh just kind of enjoy for no particular reason um, it's all it's i laugh every time you try to convince me that they're worth listening to oh they're but. not worth listening to <laughs> um well the first album we won't get it. the first album is like at least passable but um uh yeah well to answer my own question yeah, i'm going want, with tomorrow's modern boxes i yes. think that's actually a very solid album um, yeah it's not radiohead good but it's it's really good i don't yeah, know it's got it's, the opening and closing tracks are awesome it's absolutely the most complete set of uh songs um of, of any of tom's albums um yeah. and yeah and i think that it's it's you know maybe there's not like one song from it that i'm like i fucking love this song but i always love listening to the album so yeah i would i would put the first track up there in that category for myself there are um, a few others that are really good wait let's listen to the first track uh okay. which is called a brain in a bottle that's that's such a good idea listening to music yes uh, here we go Thank you. 
You know, it's possible as I listen again that the reason I picked that song uh, was just that um, one little uh, drum loop that sounds that good is enough for me sometimes. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a good drum loop, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, no, that's a it's a great song and really representative of of the album. Um, and it's um, kind of it that the album title works like whatever it is like these you know what is a box in the future just like this yeah odd you know what what will be contained and what will contain it like hundreds of years from now it just evokes sort of like a boring future i just thought he was talking about vaginas ah well you know that's they do uh they're it's an album about vajazzling that's uh, that's how i've always interpreted it laser vajazzling well <laughs> now that image will be with me um <laughs> I will say uh, uh, to further go down the the question of the best Radiohead stuff. If we look at Johnny's catalog, the two things that stand out to me, um, as much as I enjoy his uh, Paul Thomas Anderson soundtracks, um, are Janoon, which is he recorded um, with a group of uh, in Indian. Uh, musicians and of course oh right yeah, yeah that was and, really good yeah um it's it's very uh you know i i don't know that what what the genre of music is uh but it is um lots of fun and uh propulsive do you like tower records and take anything that's not from uh white places and just call it world music i think yes that's the genre oh it's it. oh it's uh it's world music <laughs> um uh and um uh and it was uh also his um composition for um body song which i guess was an experimental dance piece uh or i guess it's a film yeah it's a film about the human body which i've never seen yes on the soundtrack yes Yes. Uh, yes. Right. Yes. I'm thinking of different. Um, uh, yes. And that is, that's from 2003. So there's, uh, you know, it's, it's a good, it's when he was in prime, prime Radiohead form that he create, created. Yeah. This, so, I mean, that was part of their extended 20 year peak. Um, yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, that is excellent. And um, for a soundtrack, remarkably engaging. Um, partially, I guess, because it's sort of an abstract film, from what I understand, so the music can sort of be in your face more. Um, that's just speculation from me. Uh, cool. Yeah, and I believe that Body Song, Paul Thomas Anderson saw it and uh, was like, I love this this movie and the music. Um, there you go. So led to a beautiful collaboration i guess it was only four years later that he made there will be blood so yeah. or released there will be blood so jeez yes yes um uh okay God, my, my son was like a few months old when that movie came out oh Damn, just, dude time has gone by um but you're you're young you have a podcast you know yeah old people <laughs> no old people don't have podcasts no no joe i just am not afraid of being old uh this, being old is actually better uh, this is de- this podcast is definitely today's modern box. <laughs> Maybe this is song. 
I'm not going there. Um, anyway, uh, so I'll, I'll get, tell you the joke later. Um, uh, it's in the yeah. it's in the Patreon only version. Of the <laughs> yeah, yes, the pay, where you can pay to be offended. Um, uh, Joe, our other topic was uh, oh the Beatles, the White yeah, Album. Yeah, the Beatles. Back to the Beatles. Uh, um, yes, uh, the it is as we said the fiftieth anniversary of the Beatles' self titled um, album, frequently referred to as the White Album. Um, uh, but that is not its name. Yes. And, uh, or is it its name? If that's what everyone calls it. It's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Paul, let's play a song from the white album and talk about it. Do we dare, do we dare put Beatles audio onto our SoundCloud oh, uh, account? Dang. That is kind of terrifying now that you yeah. say that. Um, we'll, uh, what song should we do? talk can we talk over <laughs> a Beatles I mean, we, track we, we yeah yeah why don't you uh see if you can mix it in later <laughs> let's get a, so let's get somebody covering everybody's got something that, that's hide. the other thing i was gonna say is we could just do a cover version <laughs> yeah let's let's youtube some covers yo um um i'm looking for a good one of i was gonna suggest everyone's got somebody something yeah. No, uh, hmm, there's a Sean Lennon version of Julia. No. <laughs> um, let's see. There must be a mil- Oh, let's see. I, I've got an idea. The Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson's version of Helter Skelter. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> If it sucks, you could pick something else. We'll find out if this is any good. Look out. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide. And I stop and I turn and I go for the ride. And I get to the bottom and I see you again. Yeah, yeah. But do you doubt you want me to That was exactly what I think we all knew it would sound like. Um, yes, I would say that's a useful uh, clip to have heard because now everyone can imagine uh, that this uh, new uh, remix, this new remastering of the Beatles' White Album, sounds the exact opposite of that. Um, <laughs> Pretty very, much. very good instead of very bad. Yeah. Now that was that what did uh not benefit from the youtube filter uh through which i played it so it might oh, sound man, a little bit I gotta better get it on vinyl on the vinyl yeah <laughs> on that's the why. on the blu-ray audio release of that track it's yeah, just pristine. that's why i got these head these open back headphones with my uh beautiful headphone amp just for that sort of music <laughs> <laughs> i actually didn't hate it to be honest it just <laughs> It was kind of obvious. Mostly. I do. I the like sort of the the literal like um, 
covers or just the 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 Charles Manson, um, although Marilyn Manson has some license. To, oh, whoa. To that, like, I just um, realized that it is kind of fucked up for Marilyn Manson to cover that song. It is. It is a little fucked up. Um, but, you know, Marilyn Manson is. Um, yeah, far I more, guess that's the point. <laughs> yeah, has commercialized the um, fucked up of Charlie yeah. Manson. So um, we are getting off topic. Um, yeah. Uh, although I would do a Marilyn Manson episode. Um, Same. Um, let's say it for a third time. The Beatles self-titled album was re-released 50 mm-hmm. years after its making. Um, with a, uh, um, uh, all the tracks remastered by, uh, George Martin's son. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Who, you know, was work, it worked with, uh, Sir George while he was still alive, um, on Beatles projects. Um, uh, Paul, what, uh, interesting new thing are we going to say about <laughs> <laughs> this Beatles album? Yeah, that's actually what's tough. Um, so, uh, to be honest, I don't think I had ever listened to the White Album all the way through mm. before preparing for this podcast. You know, I've heard most of these songs a lot of times. Um, so, uh, it was just interesting to come to it as, like, a person who's been listening to uh, post-Beatles rock music for um, 25 plus years mm-hmm. and uh, just to listen to this album that came out in 1968 uh, really a few years into the period where rock was the dominant genre of pop music and uh, you know I wouldn't say that rock never had any, never had any other ideas past this album but it definitely never got tired of, to this day of the ideas on this album like yes um you listen to uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps or um, several other tracks. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, yeah. wow, this really, really, if somebody had written this today, you wouldn't even like bat an eye. It would no. just be like, like no. that's a really amazing song, but it totally sounds uh, like something that happened today. So it's interesting that the, the template has just straight up been in place for 50 years and... Um, I guess yeah. you could either say that this is an indictment of rock musicians for being hidebound and uh, creatively derelict, or you could say that it's a testament to the enduring power of uh, the the sounds and songs invented at that time that we can kind of just be doing variations on them 50 years later, and it's still interesting. Yeah, um, still interesting to us, at least. Um to lots uh, of people, no, but yes, people, you're right. Less interesting than it was 15 years ago to the culture at large. No, that's a great point. I mean, a lot of times, you know, we it's easy to say how much music today, rock music, is, you know, influenced by the Beatles, based on the Beatles. And here, um, you know, is maybe that, that the literal texts that kind of are, you know, yeah. more than some of the earlier stuff. You can really listen to this and um, hear things that exist in pretty much this exact same form um Mm -hmm. in beatles songs today um i mean not in in, sorry excuse me in rock music today um and uh you know i actually was listening to uh you know a a radio show where they're playing some of the tracks from this uh reissue and 
Um, the the host brought up that uh, it's it really shows you know the Beatles at this point were still the um, rock band that played like shows for 24 hours straight in, in Hamburg in like their early sixties, you know, they were just mm-hmm. playing rock music. Um, and it, you know, as, as much as their, you know, experimental phases and, uh, world music and drug influences, um, uh, you know, kind of take the forefront. Um, there is just so much pure rock in here, mm-hmm. um, which, um, I think, and, and I think that brings me to, to one of the points is why I like the white album in particular is, um, that it is 50 years later and I'm just still discovering things in these songs. I'm still like kind mm-hmm. of, you know, sure. There's a lot of them that I've heard so many times. I've really thought about it, but then there's some of them that are still kind of new to me, you know, and, and kind of, you know, I, I haven't, um, it really wasn't till this uh, time that, you know, I, I like sat down and like really listened to Dear Prudence and figured out the things I liked in that song. I think it sounds yeah. great in this mix. And um, um, and that is, um, uh, I think, all tied into the fact of, of what a rock album this is. Um, and also the fact that uh, it, it's it has an advantage of having um 30 songs, which is more songs than any other Beatles album. <laughs> so there's just more to listen to. Totally. Um, by the way, we should have used the Breeders cover of Happiness is a Warm Gun, which is an excellent cover um, as our intro we, song. We will end with that. All right. There we go. Um, uh, yeah. Can you comment actually on the on the differences brought out by this mix, which is something new to talk about? Um, I would, except I don't honestly didn't listen to the old releases closely enough to have a strong opinion on it well you know i mean i think that the original the original beatles cd releases which we would have purchased you know in high school are famous Mm -hmm. for sucking yeah um being like uh mixed low and and muddy i believe um and then the um everything was re-released in the uh in the 2000s i think around the 40th anniversary of of a lot you know sort of Mm -hmm. in that in that range um and uh, i have all those cds and and, you know the albums sound great there um and i think uh that was the loudness era so i could imagine them fucking it up yeah i mean i think that there was just such an improvement there to what was available especially digitally and i think now i mean it's hard because back then I was listening on such shitty <laughs> equipment. Um, yeah. and, but now I think with this, um, really starting with, um, uh, the Cirque du Soleil, um, soundtrack, um, that for the love, you know, Beatles love show, oh, they, they right. remixed okay. a lot of stuff. Um, and then I, I've noticed that there's a real emphasis on bringing out the individual instruments and, um, you know, vocals. I think in Helter Skelter, like the it's the vocals have always been forward in that song, but like in this one, you just it's like Paul McCartney is right there. Um, yeah. and I think in um, and in Dear Prudence, so it's just like you know, kind of jamming along with the individual instruments, and uh, it's just you know, I think in the end, like any um, 
you know remastering it's and and mix it just uh makes things clearer and more yeah. vivid um, but i can't speak to whether it's like warmer or this or that you know yeah. I, that's not my it's beyond my ears i should maybe i should try to find out um by listening to the crappy versions um joe did you know that there was a uh an american evangelist uh when this album came out uh what was his name i'm gonna find it real quick for you because it's so important um here we go uh his name was david noble uh famous enough to have a wikipedia page um (laughs) he thought that the song back in the ussr uh was further proof of the Beatles' compliance in a communist plot to brainwash American youth. Which cracked me up just because I was like, if you were going to do that, like, don't you think you would make it a little more subtle than just having a bunch of jokes about puns involving the USSR? Like, Jesus Christ, man. Have have better conspiracy theories is my, my complaint here. Yeah, um, the, yeah, Georgia, Georgia's always on my mind is yeah. uh, uh, a fun but very silly joke and i don't yeah. think it would convince i do not think that joke has convinced a single person to cast off the shackles of capitalism <laughs> no you you don't know in in january of 1969 there was almost a red terror in new york because of that song i'm sure of it um, oh, yes <laughs> um well then all those people listened to glass onion and probably just did enough drugs to um <laughs> you know kind of melt back into yeah uh, the status quo <laughs> i love how in that song john is like calling back to previous songs where he talked about how great drugs were and was like all right got yes. new ways to tell you about how great drugs are um i noticed that on this release um there's little attention paid to hey jude um, which is, you know, was recorded during these sessions and um, released, um, you know, as a single because the Beatles tended to release um, a non-album single to mm-hmm. promote the album. Um, I, I don't. I, I read a long book about them and still don't quite understand why that was common at the time. Um, I mean, all that shit was everything about release formats was getting invented at that time. Yes. So. Um, and, uh, so I just bring that up because I, I think it, um, you know, it's, it's a little, uh, there's so much on here. I mean, there's six discs, discs, um, all of which you can listen to on Spotify. Um, and, uh, yet there's probably still more that's coming, um, uh, for the 60th anniversary release, um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, they, you can, I, you know, I don't want to go through, I could say a lot of things about these songs. Um, Paul, are there any, is there maybe like two or three that you, if you had to pick your top three from this album? What would yeah, I was going to ask you your favorite. So my, my favorites, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there are lots of great uh, tracks. It's not easy to, uh, to pick them all or, or to, to pick just three. Um, but I got to go with uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps backed with happiness is a warm gun so end of side one there uh absolutely killing it um and then uh julia at the end of disc two um is i think one of their very best 
acoustic sad songs and just the way john sings julia on it is um it sounds as forlorn as he wants the the rest of the lyrics to read so it's uh it's really beautiful um that leaves poor paul out in the cold but Mm. um he was not as good as john so that's how it is yeah um you know I, i definitely find myself across the beatles releases drifting to uh the john john songs um Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I think, um, my three favorites, um, I, listening to it this time, it, it just really crystallized that one, my guitar gently weeps is probably yeah. the best song on this album. And, and even like, it's one of the best Beatles songs, period. It's absolutely, it's, it's like one of the best rock songs of all time. Um, with special thanks to Eric Clapton. I mean, you just combine yeah. Beatles and prime Eric Clapton. It's absolutely, that's hard to beat. Um, and then I agree with, Ju- go ahead. I didn't say anything. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I agree. I also agree with Julia. Uh, it's right up there with across the universe. It's like just mm-hmm. stunning acoustic John um, with it's, it's a really hard for me to, to, choose between that and blackbird which um i mm. think that that would probably be uh you know young joe's favorite track on this album that's a um, very young person song definitely definitely um and then um uh and then my other favorite is uh revolution one uh which again just fucking awesome john rock song and uh, i love the beat on that song i love the guitar on it. Yeah. The guitar tone and riff are just still, I, I just can't believe how modern and interesting uh, they it sounds um, yeah. and how much fun this song would be, like you said, if it was recorded and released today. Oh, yeah. Um, funny lyrics, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I enjoy them. Yes. Um. Totally. <laughs> um um yeah and then you know this 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 time through i really liked um everybody's got something to hide except me and my monkey oh that's uh uh when when he goes high in the chorus on that that's just like one of those genius little songwriting flourishes that makes the beatles better than everybody else a a funny story about that song apparently so john claims um uh although the Beatles had like were forced to explain their songs so many times like over the course of their post beatles career that I, they just lied a lot, um, acor- you know, according to, but he claims that, that, that me and my monkey are him and Yoko Ono and that they were uh. like totally cool with all the attention and weirdness they were getting while everyone else was kind of freaking out. But then like, <laughs> well, they acted like that. So yeah. I believe him actually. And then Paul, but Paul and George were like, um, uh, were like, Oh my, you know, my monkey is heroin and the songs about heroin. Ah. <laughs> apparently he was addicted to heroin so yes um yeah i read a i read um um i actually uh uh, worked with the author in my previous job previous 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 job um who wrote a book about john and oak uh john and oko john and yoko (laughs) um because he had and one of the best scenes in this book um uh was when he uh goes to one of the all-night recording sessions for this album with uh john and yoko because um this album was recorded entirely like at night in all night sessions yeah. um 
which apparently George Martin like still had a day job. It's just like <laughs> actually kind of going insane. Why was that even true? Like, I don't. It's because no one. I mean, I feel like at George Martin, no one ever quite. It just never quite caught up to him while the Beatles were around. That like he could just like do the Beatles. Like he still yeah. had to do his other like record label shit. Yeah, like you, you're helping create the most enduring pop music of all time. I know. <laughs> it's like yeah, you're you know the previous album you just made went uh, made with them was number one in the UK for 27 weeks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just it like, is usually named like like. Is probably by plurality the most the, the the number one rock album of all time if you just take all the lists and put them together um you know yes critically um um uh so yes yes um so i i guess my my um uh those were good answers you have yes the best tracks. yes um and my my um um point with that is just that you know this the uh um beautiful uh the really interesting music here just it's just amazing to go back and and think about it you know that it being created in um this time when um these amazing musical geniuses um you said they hated each other i mean i think that um maybe they they're certainly like fucking sick of each other and yeah yeah and and it was like kind of just but still just kind of the end of them believing that they could make music together like they still kind of clung 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 clanged they clanged to the belief that that, you know there was something special about working to one and with one another um even on songs that were like entirely you know their own yeah um so it's it's just there's something still i guess romantic even is the word of just you know as you listen to that thinking of that that process of creation behind it um in a time that was is certainly over romanticized (laughs) hey the summer of uh 68 yeah recording this yep um joe what's the worst song on this album uh is it too is it too easy to say good night that song is not good the other Ringo Starr song is also not good, if you ask me. Yeah, uh, it's just, you know, the Ringo, I think the Ringo gag was over by this yeah. point. Apparently he was also a drunken wife beater at this point, so. Ah, uh, Ringo. Yeah. And now I he's mean, into peace and love. The the other Beatles probably also weren't great people no. um, at the time. Um, uh, as we have mentioned a few details about that. Anyway. Um, honey Pie is not not particularly good either no and i'm not a big fan of mother nature's son either yeah um, that's at least interesting it is sort of um, um shout out to your blues though which has um uh some of the most enduring uh angsty lyrics of our time uh ooh. yes i'm lonely want to die <laughs> in oh, the morning man. want to die in the evening want to die from if a I, guy who literally was like possibly the most successful person on earth at yeah. the time, creatively, monetarily. Um, yeah, there you go. Um, life is hard. <sighs> Joe, do you have any final thoughts on the white album? Um, no. 
Sweet. But uh, it is definitely my favorite Beatles album. But I don't this- have it's an uh, it's an unimportant. That's an unimportant distinction. <laughs> That's how I feel about it too. It's like they have. I, it, if anybody was like, "No, actually, let it be" is my favorite album. I'd be like, "All right, like, that's, that's cool. Oh, that's awesome, man. <laughs> great, great songs on Let It Be, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good taste. It's like if if anyone said any Radiohead album other than Pablo Honey was their favorite, I'd be like, "Yep." Yeah, I mean, it, if they said if they said uh, uh, the Bends, I'd be like, "Well, you and I might not like Radiohead for the same reasons, but it's a great album, so that's yes. fine." Yes. Um. And uh, 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 Radiohead or the Beatles? Hmm. I I I will let history have its way with you, this one and say it's the Beatles, even though I personally yeah. would rather listen to Radiohead. You don't have to choose. That's the yeah yeah. Um, uh, I'm just you know I wish John were still around, but I'm also glad he's not recording du- duets with Tom. <laughs> um. You know, Tom hasn't, he's only done a few duets and they've been pretty tasteful. So I'm not going to say that would happen. That's true. That's true. John's later output, I don't know. He was with Yoko, who has continued to make, has has certainly not become uh, 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 kitschy, let's say. That's true. She certainly hasn't become boring. That's Um, true. So maybe he would have stayed somewhat interesting. Who knows? Um. Yes, it is. It is ten more years of music from him at least would have been, yeah, uh, really spectacular. Yeah, but so goes. So it goes when, I mean, he was almost literally killed by his fame. So yes, I guess that is how it goes. Um. All right. Well, uh, I think we can all agree that the Beatles were good. Um, if you disagree, I encourage you to tweet at us at Savage Beast Pod. Email us, savagespod at gmail.com. And, of course, uh, tell the world about how bad our opinions are by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or your podcast platform. Uh, yeah, us. leave us a five-star review that says the Beatles fucking suck. Yeah, that would actually be pretty great. Yeah. That that might more go more viral than a podcast we would. would put so. that, I will put that as, like, the highlighted review on our... I, I will make that our Twitter avatar if somebody does that. Yes, yes. Unless that person is one of our close friends and family, which doesn't count. So. Yes. Um, okay. And here are the breeders playing Happiness is a Warm Gun. She's The touch of a velvet hand Like a lizard on a window pane A man in the crowd With the multicolored mirrors On his hobnail boots Lying with his eyes While his hands are busy Working overtime A soap impression of his wife Which he ate and donated To the National Trust 